Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, joined today by uh, Mr. Stu Bergier, Hi. Chad Prather. Hello. Notice I didn't call you a mister. Hi. <laughs> you, you're, you're not, you're I'm, not well, formal enough. I'm, I'm fluid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mr. Andrew Heaton. Good day. <laughs> I just, I look at you and I feel like you need a British accent. I agree. I agree. I, I'll, you know, I vacation in Scotland and when I come back, I'm told that I'm just insufferably pretentious. So maybe if I keep going over there, it'll, it'll, my accent just will. Just then, Andrew? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just the, the rest of the time, I'm delightful. <laughs> All right, Stu, top story. Uh, the Democratic nomination. There are now uh, 15 people not in the race. So everyone else is in. Uh, but we had a couple of developments on that front today. All right, Chad. America's most favorite and expensive vacation place, Hawaii. They mm. want to take your guns. Mm. Oh, good, mm. good. What could possibly go wrong, Andrew? I have a legislative agenda that I wish Congress would embark upon. Okay, a lot to get that into. That was really pretentious. <laughs> really pretentious. <laughs> a lot to get into, but first Scottish. we want to thank our sponsor, American <laughs> Financing. American Financing is not for people like Stu who really want to do just really dumb, ridiculous loans. <laughs> Why do you always insult everyone you're talking about? This is like Sarah, your thing. It's my, a, it is my, it's my it thing. Is. You know, everyone has to have a thing. <laughs> That's mine. I'm a financially savvy investor that doesn't know where to go. Would I apply to this? You should. You huh. sh- you yeah, should. very good work there. They're not pretentious at all on that <laughs> um, Yeah, no, I actually dealt with American financing, and they're, they're great. I mean, it, you, don't, you think of... Um, you know, who you're going to go to to get a loan. This is your biggest investment you're ever going to have in your life. You better have somebody you can trust who can, like, watch, walk you through all the options. And somebody who's going to be in business, like, the, tomorrow when you call them back and ask them a question. And then, you know, Glenn, when he first started with American Financing, they wanted to come on the air on the radio show several years ago before the financial collapse. And Glenn basically turned them down, uh, like several other places he turned down. Uh, and he said, you know what, if, if we have some problems in the economy, you call me back and then, then we'll talk about it. Well, the other people who wanted to come on, they didn't call back because they were out of business. But American Financing wasn't. They, they've, you know, they have, they're people who really know the business. They're, not, they're, they're based on salary, so not commissions. They're not trying to push certain types of loans on you. They're great. They're great people. And even if it's just like with me, I, you know, they actually wound up talking me into taking a different loan, not the one that they offered. I'm sure it wasn't anything personal. Now that I think about it, it doesn't sound so great. Um, but they were. They said, like, look, you know, if you really want that type of loan, we're not going to do that type of loan. It's a little too risky for, for our portfolio, but we want you to, to, try, to try this one and, and go for it if you can get it. Um, they actually talked, talked, talked themselves out of business with me. This is the type of people they are. They're great to deal with, and I definitely encourage you to give them a shot. So you can go to AmericanFinancing.net, or you can call 800-906-2440. Stu, mm-hmm. top story. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go with Sherrod Brown. Um, if you guys, I don't know how yes. familiar you are with him. Of course, Ohio uh, senator. I, I wasn't. Actually, the only other guy I knew him, Sherrod, is a black guy. And I looked at the pictures of him today, and I was like, that guy's white? Different I had, guy. No, I, I, I had no idea who he was. Super zero, racist. Super apparently so. I don't, know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yes. He didn't know he was white. Uh, <laughs> so he was kind of seen as a potential entry into the sort of moderate um, path. I mean, the guy is not a moderate in my book by any means. He's got an F from the NRA. Uh, he has every single conservative organization that can give him a grade just writes down F before the year even starts. He's essentially that guy, but he's got a little uh, rumpled suit, uh, Midwestern charm, I guess, to him. He does very well in Ohio, purple state, and he's won several elections there by large margins. Um, so the idea of him coming in and maybe being um, someone who could compete in those areas that Trump was able to take, uh, you know, that, that, that region uh, is something that the Democrats are very scared about. It's, it's why they're scared of a Kamala Harris getting the nomination. 
um, because maybe they, you know, she's not going to be able to appeal to, to Michigan like a Sherrod Brown might be able to. Um, but he's not going to run. Uh, he just decided not to jump in. I mean, there are so many people. Legitimately, I think it's, I think it's 14 uh, active that are in. We saw Bloomberg as well say he's not going to come in. Uh, but we still have a couple of the big ones left here. Joe Biden has started now to uh, make phone calls. He can't hire anybody yet because you have to announce your candidacy before you start hiring people. But he's made the calls of, hey, uh, if I were to run, would you be on board? So he's making those calls. It's reported in several early states that that's going on. So he's expected any day now to uh, to announce. Um, and the, the other last big one that people have been talking about is Beto, our friend. Excuse me. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'd allow you the chance to correct yourself. Robert Francis O'Rourke. Thank you. Or as I like to call him, Bob Frank O'Rourke. <laughs> I'm on a, a slightly different name basis <laughs> with him. Um, and uh, so I, he's still a question mark. I think people think he's going to be jumping in. He's making a, a big announcement soon, right? Yeah. Uh, so like, yes, it I does would... seem that he is. And he's been fundraising as if he's like, you know, what if I were to make pot legal everywhere? Would you be interested in that <laughs> question mark fundraiser link? Um, so it does seem like he's getting in. Um, I thought the Beto was kind of interesting, and CNN did a really interesting piece from Harry Anton, who's really, he's great um, uh, when it comes to polls, looking a little bit deeper look at Beto, because my impression, even being in here in Texas, um, when it comes to Bob Frank O'Rourke, is that he had kind of a special run. I mean, he raised a ton of money. Mm -hmm. He was very competitive with Ted Cruz in Texas, which shouldn't happen. Um, and he got so much publicity, and it kind of plays into this mythology that this guy is kind of unbeatable, or he's got there's something really special. Even though the only race I've ever heard of him was a loss, uh, but you know that kind of special like energy. Maybe he's a guy that can win a Texas in a presidential election. Well, they looked into the numbers, and I, they're a lot less impressive than I actually realized. In reality, I would say it's more like just Texas was is trending a little bit more uh, blue than it used to. And also the, the environment of the time being favorable for Democrats. Let me give you some of these measures. I thought it was pretty interesting. Now, this is statewide races. Uh, Bob Frank O'Rourke uh, was able to, he lost uh, to Ted Cruz by three points. However, look around the state of the other races. All House candidates combined lost by three points as, as well. Unless, well, it just disappeared, so I don't know if it's on there or not. All House candidates okay. announced disappearing again. All announced no, back on. You. Now it's minus three. Okay, so minus three. Uh, that's all House candidates. Um, and is there anything else on this one? I, I think this may have gotten a little... Uh, there we go. Attorney General... <laughs> okay, so the Attorney General, I think he's got a little out of order. It's a British Attorney General. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> attorney wow. General. It's a, it's a, uh, yeah. I like that. Ban- uh, banister, yeah. But look at this. this is, these are the other statewide races here. The Attorney General lost by four. And the lieutenant general lost by five for the Democrats. So, yes, he slightly outperformed the other two Democrats that were there. But there was nothing uh, completely special about this. The only one that ever really got blown out was the uh, governor, Lupe, who uh, got destroyed uh, by, I think it was 11. Um, now, this is the Democratic Senate candidates um, uh, versus the Democratic House. If you think of it this way, everyone's voting for the Senate race at the same time. But at the same time, they're voting for their individual House races. So what's the popular vote of people voting for uh, House races? Uh, Bob Frank O'Rourke, uh, three points uh, better than the Democratic House in, in his state. But look at Amy Klobuchar, who is another person running, 13-point oh, wow. advantage. Mm. Uh, much more impressive in Minnesota than, uh, than Bob Frank was here in Texas. And how about versus Hillary's performance? Now, Bob Frank O'Rourke outperformed Hillary by uh, about six points in Texas. Uh, however, the median Democratic senator across the country outperformed Hillary by also six points. Huh. No advantage whatsoever. And in fact, Amy Klobuchar, again, to give you her, uh, her 23 <laughs> wow. points outperformed 
Hillary Clinton so we in Minnesota. would have had President Klobuchar. Klobuchar <laughs> <laughs> is my girl. <laughs> Apparently, uh, everyone's going to jump on that bandwagon instead of Beto. It's interesting because I, I, I will say even being here and not being a fan of our friend Bob, Bob, Bob Frank, uh, I, you know, I would still have said that those numbers would have looked a lot more impressive. Yeah. I mean, it did seem like he made a big impact. The one place he really made an impact was with money. He brought a lot of money in, but in a way that makes those numbers more depressing. With all the money that he had, he still didn't even outperform a generic Senate candidate for the Democrats across the country. And that might be one of those things that, you know, when you're picking, if you're some high-level advisor in the Democratic Party, maybe you're, you're going towards Amy or Biden or somebody else instead of Beto. I, I think the reason that they were so excited about Beto, and there, and there is a, a Beto frenzy, I think the mm. reason is that, uh, there was this progressive impulse to be like, take that, Texas. That's yeah. right, conservatives yeah. in Texas. We got your homeland. Yeah, so he got a bunch of money from California yeah. and yeah. New York. And- but like yeah, Klobuchar and like, I, several, several people, Arizona, New Mexico, did, did just as well or equally or, or better. Mm. Uh, and so I think that's going on. What I think is going to be interesting to watch is, is what he's going to do when he announces. I assume he's going to announce. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think a smart play for him, I'm gonna get, if I were a better, this is what I would do. You were a better man? If I were a better man, <laughs> I would get up there and go, I am not running for president. I want to encourage Joe Biden. To run for president, and I'm already fundraising for him. Swoop in as his VP nominee, and then be president eight years from now. I think I, you can pull uh, that off. I think a couple months ago, I I predicted. I said I think it's going to be a Biden Beto ticket. Mm. I think that, that I, I, I think, think that would be the smart move. I don't think it's it what he's going to do though, because I think when you have you know the whole imperial circus going, you're a god. Yeah. 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 You're a god. Look like, at this Biden Beto chief of staff already in the making, <laughs> and I promise you, Klobuchar is already calling him to run the campaign. This is ridiculous. You can't argue with the numbers. <laughs> I can't wait to sit back and watch this human devouring that's going to take oh. place. But you won't see Beto perform financially in terms of campaign funding the way that he did astronomically and exponentially in Texas, because now it's spread all over the United States. It was one thing to campaign in Texas and see those kind of numbers happen with that and still have the lackluster results and the loss. But when you spread it out across America, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, Uh, Chad, I want to move on to Hawaii wants to take guns. Mm -hmm. Well, aloha. No, they do. (laughs) And and they so the federal judges in Hawaii have 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 offered a resolution to uh, to either repeal the Second Amendment or to at least amend it. And when they want to amend it, now I want you to catch the phraseology here. They mm-hmm. say, we want to take away, uh, we would like to take away the individual rights to bear arms and give it more into the collective. The, oh, collective. the collective. So, in other words, if we can't repeal the Second Amendment, let's at least make it where an individual can't have a gun, unless there's a situation where we all need the guns. And then the government will determine who the guns are distributed to. So now, you know, Hawaii, which let's not forget, is an island unto itself. <laughs> we can't help you from the mainland. I mean, we really can't. So, so it's one thing if, if um, someone were to invade, let's say, Oregon. And we let them have that. But by the time they got over to Idaho, we were like, That's, now this is our fight. So... We can come to their defense. We, it's a little bit more difficult, you know, for you and I in a situation where, let's say, Red Dawn happens. Mm-hmm. And, and Hawaii is in, they're sitting there isolated. They're all by themselves. And they're saying, look, we don't want guns. Now, remember the folks out there who said, we're not trying to take your guns. Mm-hmm. We, that's not our plan at all. We just want common sense gun control. And I don't think they understand this concept of 
cold, dead hands and prying it from my fingers that there are people in America who truly believe this. Mm -hmm. They will die. That that minute man blood runs through their veins and they're just not going to do it. It's getting close. We say this tongue in cheek, but I think the left believes that they have some civil war fight in them. They just don't realize how lazy the left is because they've already <laughs> chosen the Kardashians and pizzas in the basement. And they, unless the battle starts the at one, okay. I don't admit that publicly. I already have. <laughs> Well, good luck. So, but that's that's you know we're too lazy for civil war. Unless the battle starts at one, then you know that's just not going to happen. I'm not showing up at this. But they know. <laughs> no, we don't do 4 a.m. raids. Yeah. I I am a well armed militia. I am not military. Look at this. Okay. <laughs> no, but this is this is civil war kind of talk. Ultimately, when you get down to that, I mean, this is this is some real stuff. Well, I mean, I also think it's interesting, like. Maybe take a history lesson and find out why we made sure that uh, yeah. we had the right to bear arms and that it shall not be infringed. It yeah. wasn't so that the government could tell us yeah. when it was supposed to be <laughs> yeah. acceptable. It was kind of the opposite. Kind of the opposite. I remember Reason did a video a few a couple of years ago about what you'd have to do. You want to re you want to repeal the Second Amendment? Does, or you want to get rid of guns in this country? Here you go. Here's your path. And it's like, yes, it's repealing the Second Amendment, which people think, of course, you know, well, that's it. That's all I have to do. No, 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 no. That's the very beginning of that process. Then, of course, all. All the states would say they would have to say, uh, you know, I mean, Texas would be like, okay, now it's in our constitution that everyone gets a right to bear arms. So that would happen. You'd have to over somehow overwhelm all of those. Then you'd have to buy them back, I guess, try to get all the guns off the street. And then of the 400 million guns and the 300 million you weren't able to get back, you're now going to have to go what house to house and t knock on doors of people who you told had to give you your guns and didn't. Uh, how's that going to work out for you? That is not a pretty process. I always think of this as like picture the fact. The, the problems that the best military in the entire world has had in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, going door to door in places where they have no weapons at all in a lot of cases, um, and just you know uh, IEDs and things like that. Can you imagine if they tried to go door to door to take 300 million guns? I mean, it's so completely absurd. Guns are so essential to our, our you know our our being our being here in this country. It really is. I mean, maybe. Uh, it's different in, in Hawaii, and you know, I, I guess maybe they just try to do it and maybe hope we didn't notice over all that water. I don't know, <laughs> but it doesn't seem like it's something that's actually plausible. Uh, Andrew, last word. Uh, well, I'd, I'd add to that. Like, I'm, I'm probably more towards the common sense gun law than you guys. However, yes. Yes. you make us very uncomfortable. Yes, you are. I, I'm yes. sure I do. My <laughs> silence was ominous. Uh, I'll say one of the things that I find interesting is um, the, the prospect of 3D printing long term uh, in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, could, I don't think you should own like a, a rocket launcher. There are things that I would stop an individual from owning. There are regulations that I would put in place. When it comes to like having a Glock or something, I'm not really sure long term how you can regulate that. It yeah, would be very can. difficult to do. Yeah, All I mean, mine fell in the river. Oh, yeah. oh, they did? It's Every so gun sad. I had. Every gun I owned fell in wow, the river. Wow, what a terrible tragedy. It is. That's crazy. How does that's that happen? Weird. Hmm. Back in a minute. I know where that river is. My gun fell in that same river. The same, that gu gun river, they call it. I forgot. Mine did, too. Oh, my God. It's terrible news. We'll print one up. We'll print one up. Before we get back into the conversation, I want to, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? I was making a point, but whatever, do your, do your show. <laughs> <laughs> Relief Factor, uh, Relief Factor has, I know Glenn's told his story uh, a million times. We all know because we are really tired of hearing it, mm -hmm. uh, quite frankly, but it is legitimate. He was in a lot of pain for a certain number of years, and you don't realize until you're in that position how much of a toll it takes on every part of your life. 
Um, you're grumpy all the time because you're in pain. Your family can't stand you. Um, I know this because I had some issues from a car accident with pinched nerves or protruding discs, all of it, and went to massage, tried drugs. Not, I mean, the legal kind. Yeah, yeah LSD. Of course. I'm on drugs television, acid. so yeah. only the legal kind, okay? <laughs> if, if I'm grumpy and my family doesn't like me, but I'm not in pain, would these pills help me? Um, Any pill would help. No. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything you find on the yeah, couch, I'll take it. Bag full of pills. But, I mean, I just could not, could not find anything that could, could work on the pain, and Relief Factor has. Um, it's 100% natural, which I love. I know these gentlemen are like, whatever, 100% natural. Okay, Sarah, wear your essential oils. <laughs> but this is legit. Uh, you know, Don't take it for my word. Don't take uh, Glenn's word for it. Try it yourself. Three-week quick start pack. You can get it right now at relieffactor.com for $19.95. Um, if it works for you, it changes your life. It's life-changing. And if it doesn't, you're only out 20 bucks. You can go to relieffactor.com. Andrew. Legislative agenda. So... Uh, there is a bill currently, last I checked, it's behind closed doors right now, it's in the House, uh, but they're talking about an anti-hate bill. This is coming from the Democrats running the House, probably in rela relation to uh, Representative Omar. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically a way of the the Democrats going, we're we're not anti-Semitic, yeah. and we're also not anti-Muslim. And I, I, I don't know the whole background and all of this, to be honest with you. I haven't followed the Omar story that closely, but I, when I first saw that headline, I went, I'm just, I'm so exhausted by <laughs> culture war stuff. I'm so, I just like... I'm like the, the guy with a calculator that's like, can we talk about policy now? <laughs> and I, I get so exhausted with it that I, I, was almost, I was almost for creating a third house of Congress that just passes resolutions, that mm. doesn't do any actual legislating, <laughs> and, that, and that could suck all of the, the firebrands into it. Then, today, and that was going to be my topic today, was third house, right? Today, I saw another bill coming through the house to make $15 minimum wage the uh, the the federal law, right? Oh, finally. And, and I was like, finally, someone's so wait, like, hold on a minute. If we're not distracting these jokers with culture war stuff, then they're <laughs> going to do actual stuff, which is even worse. <laughs> How do we, and so the, the final thing I settled on is every couple of years, Congress goes, you know what America's national mammal is? The buffalo. <laughs> and I went, that's what I want Congress to do. I please write your congressman. I want Congress to just focus on frivolous nonsense of the uh, the official salamander of New England and like you know what the the official American rock song and like all that stuff and like we'll like we're naming post offices after Neil Diamond that's what I want I just want to focus on fun frivolous stuff and just quit doing this other stuff that's my suggestion for Congress uh, it'd be like the baby gap of of the you know the legislative <laughs> branch Operation Baby Gap yeah, sounds there you like go. what a great Netflix special <laughs> and two a really good legislative idea yeah yes yeah, bringing up fifteen minimum wage. Um, it's funny because, you know, as they are bringing forth this bill, we've got, uh, you know, a story that comes out. Whole Foods reportedly cuts worker hours to make up for its new $15 an hour wage. Oh, weird. There were consequences. There were ultimately yeah. consequences to all of that. Who'd have thought? I know. They just released a study saying that uh, New York just went through the biggest uh, drop in restaurant mm -hmm. employment. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, okay, since the financial crisis. Nope. Yeah. Since 2001. <laughs> since 9-11. Actually, it has been a, <laughs> a smaller drop-off than the financial collapse because of the $15 minimum wage, which hasn't even fully kicked 
kicked in yet. Mm. I think it kicks in fully in 2021, but it's ramping. Yeah. Its and way and up right now. they've even done it slightly smarter than some of the other states. So, like, I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah. Seattle is, was really devastated by it. Um, Have you been to Seattle? It's an expensive place. What'd you say, Whole Foods? Yeah. You got to take out a second mortgage to shop at Whole Foods. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I wanted a thing of kale, not buy a Maserati. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. That's a whole one percent or echelon right there to shop in Whole Foods or even live in Seattle. You feel very fancy when you walk into yeah. a Whole Foods. I, yeah. I believe so. I feel like these people are one bite of granola away from just wasting away. <laughs> I, mean, it's just, I shop at Whole Foods, okay? Of course you do. Speak of the exactly devil. Exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, Stu. Yes. What is this? How little known? Oh, yes. I have a, yeah, this is another uh, 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 election uh, situation we have going on. So um, there's a guy named Andrew Yang. Hmm. Um, he is uh, currently in the Democratic race and has been running for about a year to be the president of the United States. Uh, He's been running for a year? About a year, yes. Um, and he is uh, like a tech so well, guy. He's got, well, he's about, he's, depending on what poll you look at, okay. he's at uh, 0% or 1%. <laughs> wow. Now, <laughs> Now the margin of error could bring him up to about four, though. So I think that's important to note. He could be he could be something that polls are hiding. Um, he's actually a pretty interesting guy, kind of a, a tech entrepreneur type of guy. Um, it, really, the focus of his uh, campaign is like right down Glen Beck Alley with uh, like uh, you know AI, mm-hmm. um, uh, artificial intelligence, as uh, well as that effect on the jobs uh, in in the United States. As well as universal basic income, which Glenn would not agree with his solution, but I think Glenn does like the fact that you know people are actually talking about yeah. those issues because they are serious and coming forward. He's been he's he's a pretty interesting guy, and he is uh, he was recently on Joe Rogan's podcast, which of course gets you lots of attention. Um, but he has he's pulled off a really cool thing. Um, he's decided to. He's only raised, I think, uh, he hasn't raised much money at all. He's got, I think, ninety thousand people on Twitter, which is a solid following, but not gigantic for a politician. But what he did is he looked at the rules of the uh, of the debates, and instead of just trying to run a campaign traditionally, he looked at the rules of the debates. And there's one part of the rule to get into the first Democratic debate, which is you have to have sixty five thousand individual donors. Now, doesn't matter if they've given you one dollar. Uh, or if they've given you a lot of money. Now, of course, the big candidates will easily clear that threshold, but the smaller candidates are going to have no chance at that. That's pretty hard, 65000 So instead, that's what he's focused on, is getting uh, individual do- donors. He's, no one's heard of this guy. He's already up at about 50000 individual donors. Wow. So unless, unless the Democrats change the rules on the fly, which, which I would not be surprised yeah. if they do, this guy will be on stage with Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden if he runs and Beto and all the rest. This guy that nobody really knows, but does seem to be somewhat of a serious person and, and, and should be, you know, maybe might be someone who could be listened to. It will be fascinating to see him up there and people like Kirsten Gillibrand making the second stage. Mm-hmm. But he, it looks like he will get this. And I just love the fact, I love people like that, that look at the rules, find some little quirk and just exploit it and get what they want. This dude's like it. Gru. He's got all those little minions down there in the basement. He <laughs> yeah. just reproduced them and they're out there signing <laughs> yeah. stuff and giving him a buck. That's I like the that. deal. I yeah. like but it. Stu, you're saying if he's reasonable and serious, I mean, he's not going to get any traction. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> true. He has no that. chance of winning. He's not, I don't think he's socialist enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Looper will wipe the floor <laughs> yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, it's certainly that's why uh, Sherrod Brown decided not to oh, run. He's very, like, very scared I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crazy <laughs> enough for this position. I don't think I should do it. Can you be President of the United States with both the word hick and loop in your name? <laughs> like, John Jacob Jingleheimer <laughs> Hick <and> Looper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back in a minute. There's a guy in New York that runs uh, in every state that you can run remotely through that doesn't have two candidates.
over and over again. In case you have not yet checked out uh, the Blaze TV <laughs> podcast, I love that I, we start the well, show. You, you stopped counting, counting us down in the breaks. Let's yeah, be honest about it. Like this is your completely. change, not our change. <laughs> I don't count you down you during said, the yeah, breaks. Someone says five, four, three, two, one, and then we start. <laughs> she can hear it in her ear. She just thinks we... Mm. No, I'm not I even going to go later there. Tonight, Stu and I are going to be at dinner, and all of a sudden we're going to find out we're on camera. We're having this nice conversation about kids. If you haven't yet checked out all of the podcasts we have available with Blaze Media, please do so. We've got the Chad Prather Show, Mr. Chad Prather. Uh, check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And we've also got Andrew Heaton. Mm-hmm. Something's on with Andrew Heaton, if I can make a quick plug. My yeah, guest please. today was the author of a book called Raven Rock, How the U.S. Government Plans to Survive Nuclear War While the Rest of Us Die. So if you like <laughs> Cold War history and stuff about nuclear annihilation and bunkers, this is a great episode. Well, you know they do if there wasn't this show. With I, think, yeah. I think there's some overlap <laughs> between listeners subscriber, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. The world's ended 12 times already yeah. since 80. <laughs> uh, and don't forget, if you have not yet already gone to blazetv.com, we've got an amazing lineup. We've got a promo code for you. You can use promo code NEWS. Get $10 off of your subscription. Uh, we've also got Mr. Chad Prather on that as well. Yeah. Humor me with humor Chad Prather. Me. Yeah. He's, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's he's kind of funny sometimes. Provocative. <laughs> is it? No, that's never been used to describe my show. Not at all. <laughs> oh, once. Thanks. Overtime <laughs> is uh, coming up next. Stay tuned. <laughs> it's, that's when we made that sex tape. I just didn't know. Yeah, but uh, he didn't count you down. He didn't know you were on camera. <laughs> up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right. Uh, have have any of you? I know you have. Have you guys seen the the Leaving Neverland no. documentary? Uh, I will say uh, I have I also Peter not Pan. seen it. nine times. <laughs> you saw it. that's weird, man. That's a one watcher. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be one once. <laughs> Anything over one on your view count is yeah. bad on that particular thing. The, yeah, yeah, you run so an FBI watch about, with you, Chad. <laughs> that's uh, HBO. HBO yes, yeah. uh, has it out. They're calling it a documentary about Michael Jackson, and it's it's pretty disturbing. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting. You guys had John Ziegler on radio. Yeah, and he was talking about how there are multiple holes. Yeah, like I, I uh, you know, he he kind of went into the actual uh, documentary. It's the one about Michael Jackson, and and and, and, and you know, a documentary is like you ha- kind of have to use air quotes with this one because it really they're not even attempting to give you the other side. Usually, like a documentary will give like a half-assed version of the other side and then pick it apart. This is, they're not even trying. It's just interviews, basically. It's a, it's a, it's a long interview. Um, and, it, you know, by all accounts, people seem to think that, you know, this it, it looks pretty convincing from the people I've talked to who have seen it. It looks like really terrible things happened here. John, uh, especially with one of the accusers, had some questions and, and doubts about one of them. However, I think the larger point of it, though, was... Um, we are in a weird situation where this has become like a form of justice, like justice via podcast, justice via a documentary is not American justice. Like we're not supposed to, uh, because we see a documentary, all of a sudden that's when the police get into action. And, you know, R. Kelly now gets charged. And, you know, Bill Cosby, well, there's a comedian who had a viral video clip. So now Bill Cosby goes, like, Bill Cosby went went through this process already. Um, and, uh, you know, it would have been great if, if he was, uh, you know, uh, if that went the, the other way back in the day. But it does seem strange that we are now in a, in a, um, in a world where it seems like if you get enough retweets about something you think is a crime, it kind of becomes a crime. And I think all of the cases so far, I mean, you think about uh, you know, Har- everything from Harvey Weinstein to Bill Cosby to Michael Jackson to R. Kelly, 
all of these, like, I completely think were really bad things and happened, right? Um, but we're, we're going to miss on these eventually. If we start trying to go through a justice process um, by whatever documentary HBO decides is valid to them, that is the, the wrong road to go down, no matter how convincing they can make the film. Um, you know, in a way, I think Brett Kavanaugh had, had a, bit, a bunch of this, and it didn't wind up getting him tossed off the Supreme Court, but you know, it was a very emotional argument against Kavanaugh, someone who said they went through something, and it was, you know, it was, a, it was a, uh, a tough thing to listen to, and, and a lot of people really believed he did these things, but there was, it was only half of the country saying, uh, like, when did it happen, and where did it happen, and like, wait, why wasn't anyone who you say was there say, think that they were there, and how come you don't know? that? There's like too many questions, and there was no process at all. And, you know, look, do I think Michael Jackson did these things? Yeah. Um, but we're going to go down this road, and it's, it's going to catch us. It's going to catch somebody who should be innocent and going to have their lives destroyed because somebody decided they wanted to make a podcast or a documentary. The other way, we're seeing it, too, with things like Making a Murderer and, and uh, Serial. Like, people are making their minds up on legal cases based on things that are not legal cases. These are just people who are making what is essentially an entertainment vehicle about a crime. Yeah, and a perfect example right now, and I, his name escapes me, and I apologize, but the, the, the former football player at Baylor University who was accused mm. of rape and yeah, he hasn't yeah. played since 2016, now he's been exonerated, and they find out that the girl that accused him was lying. It's an incredible story. So he wants to go back. He, here he was. He was a top-rated player that probably would have had a multi-million dollar football contract in the NFL. He wants to go back and play. It's 2019. He hasn't played since 2016. What do you do on that? Well, first of all, you're right. Here's an accusation that was made. It was unfounded. In the court of popular opinion, he was found guilty, even though there was not the evidence there to support it. Now he's exonerated. Me, personally, I think she should go to prison. She should go yeah. to jail. Oh, she, yeah. ru- she ruined this guy's life in a big way, or at least potentially did in a big way. And so you're right. I mean, here we have folks that are ready to dig Michael Jackson up and, mm-hmm. and you know hang his body in effigy. It'd be interesting if they found the elephant man's bones. Yeah, but, but I digress. No, I like a duplex coffin. <laughs> exactly. But but no, and you're right. You know, John Wayne here recently. Now now John Wayne is taboo. Everybody because of a Playboy article that came out in 1970. You know, with what he said, yeah. which were racist statements and things. And so you're right. At some point in time, we're going to look and we're going to say, you know what? You've done something wrong in your life, Stu. I got to find out what it is. And I, by God, I will find out because I'm going to bring you down. And I think that there's some, there's this ploy in all of us to want to say, you know what? That guy's flawed. I know I'm flawed, but let's get the eyes off of me. That guy's flawed. So let's bring them down so I stay clear, but it's going to haunt all of us. Yeah, I, I, I wore um, blackface for two consecutive years. <laughs> two years? Talk was, about commitment to character. A, I was very committed, and I look back, and I'm like, that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> and I find that one out. I mean, but surely the pendulum will swing back the other way when literally no one can find jobs or go about in society because <laughs> they're all being being blacklisted, right? There's yeah. an interesting uh, business opportunity, I think. There's just someone, it's got to be someone who has been in the middle of one of these scandals and has a lot of money who just decides to start buying up all the projects from people who have been, like, eradicated from society. Like, like all of Harvey Weinstein's movies, uh, all of Bill Cos- Cosby uh, show episodes, and just buying it all. And then you have a company there, a lot of stuff that people want to watch but are not no longer allowed to watch or, or listen to. You can't get any R. Kelly's music now on radio. It would be an interesting uh, business opportunity for somebody who's very wealthy and maybe a little shady. Uh, there's a wonderful book that you reminded me of a minute ago, Stu, and you were talking about how the sort of the popularity of the topic determines how, how far we're willing to investigate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out of the 80s, I think. It was called Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil yeah. Postman. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 
the premise to the book is it's it's kind of in the first major anti like TV makes you stupid kick, and the guy the guy's like, no, like sitcoms don't make you dumb, and he goes, but what what would happen though? is if in the distant future we only are interested in politics insofar as it's entertaining, then only entertaining things become political and then we all become stupid. And I, and like, I, I wonder if there could not be a, a corollary to that with the justice system where it's like, well, uh, we'd love to hear your case because this seems like an interesting appellate statement, but like how, you know, like what's the click rate? Like, uh, cause we're ultimately gonna need yeah. some sort of force behind it. All I'll say is the fact that it took 49 years for them to find a racist statement in Playboy magazine that was made by John Wayne in a Playboy interview just proves that no one's reading Playboy for the art. <laughs> it's a very good point. It is a good, strangely a good point. lie. <laughs> uh, okay, so I just wanted to, so I want to play a game. Um, Obama recently was in Canada making speeches because he still does that for some reason. And he said, my team never experienced scandal or made mistakes of integrity. And I was wondering how quickly we could name <laughs> Obama scandals. Chad, go. Fast and Furious. That was mine. I gotta, That's I, the only one you can think I, of? I'm going to have to think oh, a minute The IRS now. Tea Party one was the one that really pissed me off at the time when they, uh, they just started targeting Tea Party groups mm -hmm. uh, through the IRS. That was problematic to me. That's a, uh, but a scandal, I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, we could, oh, what, what, what should have been, and, and it probably isn't because all the presidents do it, is that the Obama administration, the Trump administration, everybody like basically sells off ambassadorships to high donors. Like our, our ambassador to France was a soap, no, our, our ambassador to Belgium or France was a soap opera producer. Mm -hmm. Our ambassador to France was a Hollywood, like it was like that was all over the place. And, I, and then, uh, it, it made like a week's worth of headlines. Benghazi. Yeah, Benghazi. certainly Benghazi. YouTube yeah, video. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Solyndra. Uh, I mean, Van Jones. I mean, certainly we were in the middle of that uh, world at the time. Solyndra was a great one. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, that's a, another great example of government picking winning, winners and losers and picking incorrectly as they usually do. But, but he, he phrased it well because he said uh, problems of integrity, right? Because then you can go, well, that was just a mistake. Uh, you can like, like then you get to define how you're gonna, how you're yeah, gonna chop it up. Exactly. No, no, no. That was you know, you're, Fast you're, and the Furious mistake. Not but I will bring up there. There are a lot of things that should have been scandals mm -hmm. that weren't. That weren't because the that media weren't. covered it for exactly. Them. Yeah, we that's could list those for a while too. Yeah. That's a great point. All right, today's, no, let's do yesterday's poll question first so we can, you know, I you can, can yell at the people that voted the wrong way. Yes, obviously. <laughs> do you think the politically correct culture has a chance at returning to some level of normalcy or do you think we will continue into progressivism? 74% of you said it's gonna get worse. 16% mm -hmm. said we can fix things. 10% are unsure. But I'm, I mean, I think 16% saying we can fix things, that's, I'm optimistic you, about that. Are you pleased with the results of one of these polls? That's incredible. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Silver lining. <laughs> that is a slim, <laughs> slim silver lining. Yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah. Uh, and then today's poll question, should the voting age change? Yes. I'll be interested to see, yeah, to hire. Yes. Right? 25. I think it's, I think it's whatever, um, it's, you're only qualified to vote for things you could run for. So you got to be yes. 35 to vote for president. you got to be 30 to run for Senate. you got to be 25 to run for Congress. So I'll be curious to see how it's worded on the poll. Because we don't need just yes or no. We want to do yes, it should be changed to older. Oh, yeah. Or yes, you know, yes it should be changed. Yeah. you think, liberal? Younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Six months. You should think I think everybody, six this is what I think. Everybody should get uh, a test every four years. It's like a hundred, hundred question test mm -hmm. of like, who's the president? Who's the vice president? All that stuff, right? However many, and like, you know, how many branches of government are there? There's three. And however many uh, numbers you get out of that hundred, that's how many votes you get. I like that. So if you're so super smart, if you're 
knock it out of the park, you get 99 votes. If you're kind of a moron, you get like eight votes for writing your name correctly, and then you move on. I like that. Yeah, you sign. It's like the SAT. You get 400 for 450. Yeah, everybody gets some votes, so everybody feels good. But like, like only the people who know what they're talking about actually get to, you know. And you could, and then, and then the parties have an incentive to actually make their members smarter. While we're on the subject of taking tests every couple of years, would you be for? Once you hit, because I'm, I'm considering running for president, obviously, mm-hmm. and I feel like one of my big uh, agendas, one of my Get big platforms $65,001 donors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Should be, um, once you hit a certain age, when you're getting older, you have to go back and take your driver's test like every year or every couple years. Yeah. Right? I'd be in favor of that, yeah. So you're voting Sarah Gonzalez? I'm, but if, <laughs> if, that, if that's the one party, yeah, of course I have Sarah I mean, I still, I still maybe running. have a couple other things to like, plan out. Which I think that would be really funny if they, they were like, right. we really want to talk to you about taxes. And you're like, no, there was this guy in a Buick yeah. and he endangered my life. Yes. Come on. I think it violates my civil liberties. Uh, yeah. Why, why do you get, why are you have tougher rules against uh, people who over 65? That's mean. Well, I, I, don't, I haven't do worked hate? out the exact age yet. I'd have okay. to crunch the numbers. Wow. Are we getting backpedaling already from this candidate? Is that what we're seeing? <laughs> well, I'm supposed to be oh a politician. Gosh, what do you Sarah Flip-Flop. <laughs> Gentlemen, thanks for being here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Just in traffic. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.